the same workout doesn't work for the, everyone. And each organism, each human is is unique. The same diet doesn't work. The same form of meditation for each person does not work. And that's completely fine. We need to stop selling people on the idea that there's a one size fits all. But there is a relative parameters that can be applied to everyone. And then once you learn that, then you could develop what's best for you. Emily Abadi here bringing you another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. This week, I am catching up with Joe Holder. He's a past guest on the show, a Nike master trainer, a columnist for GQ, founder of the Ocho system, and really exciting news for Joe. This week, he is releasing a masterclass. Talk about a life moment. For sure. On today's episode, Joe is talking to me about the masterclass and he's also offering us some insight on how to design a workout plan that works for you. It's something that I get a lot of questions about in my DMs. I would imagine he gets plenty of questions about it in his. And so we decided to come together and rap about it. Joe is offering up his best practice tips. He's teaching you how to build the foundation for a lifetime of good health by implementing strategies that will really work for you. He outlines what could be seen as a Goldilocks week of workouts while understanding and reiterating that there is no one size fits all when it comes to fitness. Of course, it's always good for me to catch up with a friend. I've known Joe for God at least, I don't know, five or six years now, and I love seeing him shine. I do want to take a moment to say if you haven't caught the season five premiere this week just yet with Alex L., author, self-care facilitator, you have got to give it a listen. I have been loving chatting with you all about that over on social. Also, huge giveaways happening right now over on social. Make sure you are following the show over at Hurdle Podcast and me over at Emily Abadi to stay in the loop on how you can win some really awesome stuff. I'm talking a subscription to Athletic Greens, a Hypervolt Pro, a PowerDot Uno, Lululemon gift cards. I mean, this list is impressive. I won't delay us much longer. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Joe Holder. He is the founder of the Ocho System, a Nike master trainer, co-founder of System of Service, a true multi-hyphenate. What's good, Joe? <laughs> uh, what's up? How are you doing? Thank you, as always, for having me. Um, and congrats on your ever-evolving podcast. Oh, man. I know. It's been a minute since we've sat down for the pod. Uh, a lot has happened, both for the show and then, of course, for you. A huge congratulations to you uh, for a new chapter. Do you want to tell the hurdlers uh, what you've been working on? Glad to be here again. Yeah, basically what I've been working on. I've been working on a masterclass. It's been uh, going on for quite a while because of COVID uh, situation threw some wrenches in as it's thrown in wrenches in all our lives. But um, I'm, you know, opening their fitness and wellness kind of vertical. Um, and I've, you know, launched a masterclass. So it's uh it's it's pretty exciting um it, you know it definitely was slightly unexpected but i'm glad for the opportunity and it's a very interesting way i i think to kind of close out my 20s and 
uh, was a process of maturation in multiple ways. But I'm just glad to hit more individuals, hopefully spread a message that's beneficial for them and provide just a simpler way of hopefully looking at kind of health and wellness. I mentioned in your intro, founder of the Ocho System, I know that you are getting into explaining that as a part of your masterclass. Why don't you give the hurdlers a little refresher on what exactly the Ocho System is? Yeah, so the Ocho System is essentially, you know, the, the kind of the design philosophy and in, in incubation kitchen in which I kind of build out uh, my whatever platform ideas, stories services but it's just basically a, a multifaceted so one it kind of means one can help others and others can help one so for everything that i do there's a social impact kind of component to it and i think once you really start to understand your physical health uh, that goes a long way into other areas so i focus on eight key wellness strategies and i talk about that throughout my work so those eight key kind of wellness strategies are uh, physical so that's really the standard kind of fitness, nutrition, what you do to your body, um, mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, intellectual, occupational, um, environmental, and then uh, kind of overall kind of community civic oriented. So I focus on those things, understand the best that we could do with that. And I just try to introduce individuals to wellness strategies in those different areas with a relative focus on the physical. We know about the Ocho system. We have an intro to Joe Holder, the man behind it. Now, what I want to dig into with you is talking about how to design a workout plan that works for you. I know that I'm sure you hear it from your clients all the time. This is definitely a sticking point for some people. They're like, I don't know where to start. I have so many options. I feel super overwhelmed. So from the get-go, when someone asks you, like, how should I design a workout plan? What's one of the first things that you tell them? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think people think uh, they don't think about it abstractly enough or they're too abstract. So basically, I look at it from a thought process of theory, then uh, practicality, then individuality. So first, let's look at it at a theory standpoint. I kind of base it down to basic uh, rudimentary biomotor skills. So I think everybody... Uh, should be should work on basically what are foundational human attributes that then can can be combined to work on other things. So to make that a little bit more clear, when you think about biomotor skills, if we think about like endurance, you think about strength, you kind of think about flexibility. If you combine flexibility and strength, then you typically have mobility a little bit. Um, you know, you think about um, uh, agility and, and building out basically, okay, what are the different areas that a body should be working? Then from there, let's really focus on either disciplines or we can look at, say, training load, intensity, and volume. So to break it down, basically, I think what can be applied is a high-low approach. Uh, the, the body, especially as we age, needs high-intensity exercise, not just to save time, but to really jumpstart the, the, the cells and the brain in different ways. So high-intensity, I would say one to two times a week should be on the docket for everyone. Then you need to know that for a long-standing kind of overall health, which is which is also sometimes linked to um, mortality rates, your cardiovascular health. So you should have sometimes, say, two workouts a week that are perhaps a little bit longer. And then you should think about things that are strength-based. So you should definitely have one strength-oriented workout a week, something that probably has weights. And then from there, you can get a little bit more particular, which is, all right, let me figure out what it is that I do like. So maybe that's just sports. Maybe that is just, you know, Pilates, yoga, that type of thing. But let me also figure out what makes me a foundational athlete for what I like to say is the sport of life. And then the other big thing is 
when you look at it historically, and there's actually just a, a recent book that was put out on this that's really interesting. Exercise is weird. Like we're not really made to exercise, although it does have benefits. What we're really made to do is intermittently move. So that's why, you know, I'm a fan of the thing, as you know, exercise snacks. But the main components really of your workout should be before we even think about distinct disciplines, we think about, okay, what are the high intensity things? What are the lower intensity? What is the strength? And then what are the things that get me moving that's similar to a sport, even if I'm not playing a sport? They get me used to kind of using my body as an integrative unit that's not necessarily directly connected to an exercise. And then we can build it out because for, to be honest, exercise is really the easiest thing of your wellness programming. Think about themes, okay? Then think about how many times a week you should do those things. So the easiest is high intensity, one to two times a week, low to moderate intensity that is steady state. So, you know, circuit training or, you know, the standard cardio kind of movements, exercises, running, ellipticals, a, a bike, whatever, even walking two times a week, add in, try to add in your strength using weights one time a week, and then just intermittently move, break up your days with, with, um, with making sure that you move. So that could be a short, even walk around the park. That could be playing with your dog. That could be a Pilates class, whatever. Just rule number one is don't try to overly complicate it. For sure. And so we have a lot of active people listening to this show, a lot of them, you know, regularly moving, doing a lot of the things that you are RXing here for the person who really isn't into a workout pattern and they hear, okay, I want you to be moving in some way five days a week. I think now is a really great time for you to address what you touched on briefly, which was the idea of the exercise snack and how that can be helpful for someone to get them moving more regularly in the way that you suggest. Yeah, that's a great call out. Um, essentially, what we're trying to do is set the parameters consistently for movement. So with the concept of exercise snacks, it's, it's brought about uh, breaking up exercise into components and compartments throughout the day which typically, especially when looked at in, you know, people with insulin resistance or diabetes patients, which is a strong portion of the population, um, typically help them control their blood sugar and health markers. So, and then what other research is showing is that the body is, it's better for the body from a health perspective to often move more throughout the day instead of just one block. So with exercise snacks, it's really just looking at exercise or movement as, as snack components. So typically 10 to 15 minutes. And for me, it's, it's super simple. I, I use it to kind of uh, build parameters around my day. So I wake up, I, I typically do 10 minutes of stretching, then 10 minutes of, you know, a little bit of higher intensity movement during the day. I'm, I'm often sitting a lot. So I typically just every 60 to 90 minutes, I just get up and just do some movements for five minutes. Um, and then at the end of the day, I exercise for 30 minutes. And those are the days where I'm like really busy. I, I don't really have time to go to the gym or everybody's spending more time inside. So I guess my body used to consistent movement, not so much just formulaic exercise, which all of us might be a little bit tired of, uh, coupled with everything else that's going on. And research backs it up. Research really just shows that the body does not care if you consider it exercise or you're just moving. If you're, if you're, once you're utilizing the muscles, utilizing the cardiovascular system, and what I like to say, flossing the tissues, that will do a lot for health. Then when you really want to focus on your aesthetics or performance, of course, then you need to have, you know, a little bit more of a regimented and oriented, you know, exercise plan. But for most people, they just really need to start with their foundational health. 
I love also in your masterclass when you're talking about how to design a workout plan that works for you, you mentioned the importance of thinking about the other stressors in your life. Talk to Mm -hmm. me about that. Yeah, that's real. I mean, because I've seen that firsthand. I mean, Emily, you've known me for a while and you've seen me uh, mature, I suppose, in multiple ways. But as you also know, you know, what you started out as, you know, reporting, freelance writing, uh, hopping around New York City, having to do so many different things, it wears on you. And then you think, oh, I still got to get a workout in. When the body sometimes is just like, hold up, you know, maybe we should sleep and maybe, uh, maybe we should take a rest. And there's a difference between sleep and rest, but uh, for all intents and purposes, let's just really think about the other stressors you might have in your life, because your body still has kind of a response to those in the same way it would have a response to a workout. So if the rest of your life is overloaded by these stressors, which then create a response, uh, either a positive or negative response in the body, especially by the way you perceive them, that could push you further down a hole. So sometimes it's important is to not just think, oh, I have to work out. Sometimes it's important to think, okay, what are the other ways I can reduce stress or in my life? And then what are the other days I could other ways I could change my perceived response to hardships in my life? Because to an extent, if I don't like my job but I'm still showing up to it, that'll create a distressed kind of reaction, right? But if I can change my perception of the job, understand I won't be at that job forever and change and even I still have to do it I still have to engage in this stress if I can improve my response to these things that I have to engage in regardless to something that's a little bit more positive or not as distressful is important then reduce the obscene stress in your life that you don't need say like going to bed too late um whatever arguing with I'm not going to tell you break up with your boyfriend your girlfriend or your husband or your wife but like maybe reduce something, uh, some issues that you might have with significant others in your life. And then you can include the additional stress, which is a workout. But that workout will then be more of a beneficial response that the body has because you're more adept to essentially put up with that because you've, you've reduced other stressors, but also have, imp- have improved their response to the other difficult things that might be in your life. So I think that's important. That's what I've seen, and especially being in the real world, right? Like we're real world athletes. I'm, I'm not in the NBA. I'm not in the NFL. Like my 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 life isn't oriented towards just playing a sport. And even with my work, is you know part of it being a personal trainer. My work has never been just around working out. I'm I'm teaching other people how to do that. So um, it's been a case study for me, and it's something that I'm sure every a lot of other people can attest to, including yourself. But I really want people, what I like to say is take an audit. Really take an audit of your everyday. Take an audit of both your responses to the environment, what's in your environment, and understand if I, if I can reduce those things, those, those possible um, stressors that I have negative reactions to, and either remove them or improve my response to them, that will go a long, long way in, into improving your overall health. Taking a break from today's episode to talk about my sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Enjoy clean ingredients you can trust, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. 
What I love about Green Chef, well, there's a lot of things I love about Green Chef, but the ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped, which means that you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. You know, the last thing I wanna worry about at the end of a long day is, oh, what am I gonna eat for dinner? Like, wondering if I should order Seamless, knowing that I probably shouldn't spend the money on ordering Seamless. This way, with Green Chef, I've got everything I need right at my disposal to cook well, eat healthy, and feel great about what I'm putting into my body. Whether you are keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier, there is a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. I recently made Southwest zucchini fritters. My mind was blown. Not just at like how flavorful they were, but you know what I really enjoyed? I wouldn't think to myself, you know what I wanna make tonight? Southwest zucchini fritters. But with Green Chef, they do that thinking for me and the results are delicious. Head on over to greenchef.com slash 90 hurdle and use code 90 hurdle to get $90 off, including free shipping today. You have got to get in on the action. Again, it is greenchef.com, G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F.com slash 90 hurdle, 90-H-U-R-D-L-E. Use code 90 hurdle to get $90 off, including free shipping. Also important when it comes to designing a workout plan that works for you is letting go of this idea of perfection and simply, as you put it, aiming to be better consistently. Talk to me about your philosophy that life is kind of like a class schedule when it comes to our fitness. I think as a creative, as you know, um, there's a lot that happens. You Sometimes you don't know where your next check is coming from. Sometimes you don't know what the next class is, that type of thing. So how I've really thought about that and also applied it to my life, especially I've learning a lot of my time at UPenn is, can I create a kind of a, a class schedule? And that includes for my fitness programming, right? So it's, if I am, if I'm say a runner and all I do is run, you can't just do the same class over and over again and think to, you'll, you'll still continue your progress. You need those electives that can hopefully build up your main, let's say your major. Right. So we all had to take those electives. So maybe I do a little bit of strength training. Maybe I do a little bit more mobility work to improve my, my major. So then we think of basically if we set up our, our workout program, like a class schedule, it's like, okay, I know my core, I, I know my core curriculum, but I also can set up the things outside my core curriculum that will make sure that my performance within that core curriculum will be better whether that be recovery protocols, whether that be athletic uh, athletic foundational work, whether that be just stuff for fun. Fun is important. And that's what games are really for the athlete. They're fun. So in the same way, you can kind of set up your challenges, your games, your and then your benchmarks because the time is going to pass anyway. And then sometimes that time can be spent doing more workouts. Sometimes it can be spent doing less, whatever. But if the time is going to pass and you could set up a schedule accordingly, your class schedule, You'll always graduate because that was really the thing, as you know, in high school, middle school, college, whatever. If you just showed up, even if you didn't put in the most effort, even if you just showed up, you graduated like because you were just like, oh, I'm here. I guess I'll take this test. So in the same way for your health, sometimes it's like you don't have to love everything that you do. But if you show up and that's why the exercise snacks are important, that's why creating the class schedule is important. 
um, you'll eventually graduate and you'll understand the wellness strategies that work best for you to improve your health. Talk to me about the importance of understanding your why when it comes to designing a workout plan. Yeah. So you could go a couple of ways with this. You know, a lot of people like to get super esoteric and, and, and super thoughtful with it. And that's more so your purpose. Like your deeper purpose, I think, is important when you're doing any of this because your deeper purpose for taking care of yourself shouldn't be, you know, simply for abs or whatever to thin out. Um, and, you know, I've been inspired by your personal kind of health and fitness journey that I think has has morphed over the years. There's typically a, a deeper purpose associated with improving your body, whether that be having to deal with possible past trauma, whether that be trying to push uh, towards something greater, whether that be just 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 wanting to see what your body is capable of. So that's kind of the purpose, right? And then your why, I think, is a little some people use these interchangeably, but my, for my why, my why is super short term. My why is okay. In the next two to four to six weeks, what is it do I like want to accomplish? Like, why am I doing this? And if I could define why in this short term, right? So I could say, okay, why am I doing this? Okay. My neck hurts. I want to do a rehab protocol to make me feel a little bit better. Okay. I want to lose 10 pounds, whatever set up some sort of parameter for your success, but also let it connect to your deeper purpose. And that's why I think um, engaging kind of in the physical to connect to those deeper purposes is important, you know, and whatever in Eastern philosophy, you can't really open up your other chakras until you open up your root chakra and the, and the way to improve your root chakras through physical activity that leads to, among other ways, that leads to improvement in all these kind of more uh, airy, esoteric areas. So, why is a foundational grounding and then the purpose is kind of what we uh, add in there that that really pushes you on the days where you don't think it makes sense but the why is so you don't have to think about it it's like okay i know i'm doing this i want to get a little bit faster i want to whatever run a marathon that's the thing but then the purpose the, that connects you to your deeper purpose which might change but but uh i think it's important to have those two things yeah. And I think, I mean, as you say, the purpose and the why going hand in hand for someone who says something like, yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, then you have to ask yourself, and this is what you're getting at here. It's like, why is it that I want to lose 10 pounds? You know, is it because you want to fit mm -hmm. in a certain pair of jeans? Do you want to walk up the stairs without feeling winded? Do you want to keep up with your kids? Like there's so many other, you know, things behind just the sentence. I want to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. It's like you, it's like asking a double question, right. To get deeper, but then also, you know, yeah, it's like the old coach Ben and Nike running things. Like just measure success in as many ways as possible, really. And that'll keep you going. There's so many different ways to measure success. And of course, be honest with yourself. Don't try to always turn, you know, failures into some feel good story. But at the end of the day, when you're really doing this and, and really, you know, diving deeper into your health, there really, there is no failure. If you're consistently showing up, you're, it's just really like consistent learning process in which you can apply, 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 and then know what works. And I think that's what gets comfortable. It's like knowing what works. The same workout doesn't work for the, everyone. And each organism, each human is is unique. The same diet doesn't work. The same form of meditation for each person does not work. And that's completely fine. We need to stop selling people on the idea that there's a one size fits all. But there is a relative parameters that can be applied to everyone. And then once you learn that, then you could develop what's best for you. And that's really kind of what this masterclass and, and all my work is about. It's been exciting, I think, to see it, to see hopefully health and wellness going this way. 
last question here for someone who has, you know, listened to this, they've applied all the, all the things we're talking about here. They've gotten to the place where they've, you know, got into a regular workout routine and then they hit like this hurdle, this bump. And they're like, this doesn't feel like it's working for me. They start to get really discouraged. What is it that you tell that person? Oh, she got to fall in love with the plateau. And that's the most succinct way I could put it. I recently read this really good book. I think it's by Robert Greene. But it's basically, you don't break through until you break through. But you know what you're doing is likely working if you developed a plan that makes sense. The key is is to sometimes you know trust the process, but but know when know when to pivot also. But for a lot of things, especially as it pertains to health and wellness, there is a slight plateau. But it, you would just have to time those kind of extra spurts uh, uh, accordingly. Uh, but if somebody is discouraged that something is not working. There's then just typically, that's what I like to say, remove, remove the emotion for a second, like really just take a hard look at what it is that you're doing. So then the thing is, if you think it's not working, then either measure or, or review. So key things are you can measure in the, I think you measure in the short term. So whether that be utilizing wearables, going to a doctor, getting some data, measure, understand what you're actually, understand the base metrics, then review. Have honest conversations with yourself or remove yourself from it. Treat yourself like a third party or a stranger. Write down what you're doing every day. Write down how you're feeling. Write down what you're eating. Do all that without judgment, right? So you're not judging yourself. You just want to see what's happening. In the same way, if something wasn't working at work, you wouldn't just say, ah, nothing works. You'd look and review. So you're your first business, which is the most important one. So my thing is, can we review and can we measure? And then we can understand how we can, might be able to augment some things to produce better results. Maybe I need to increase the intensity on my workouts. Maybe I actually need to decrease the intensity, but increase the volume. Maybe I should try carb cycling instead of just eating high protein all the time. Maybe I should go to bed a little bit earlier and see what happens to my body if you know I engage also in a mindfulness practices. All that might seem overwhelming, but it really isn't. Those are just certain things that you could try, you could test, and then retest. Did it work? Did it not work? If it didn't work, totally fine. You cut the hand, you cut the whatever hand off early. Another one grows back. You try the next thing. So the thing is, instead of getting discouraged and giving up, try something new for the sake of seeing what works, not simply for novelty. And do your best, whether that be through data or whether that just be through mental checkpoints, to take the time to check in with yourself and and just have an honest conversation to see if the changes that you're making have worked but fall in love with the plateau short term. Because in our mind, you know, a week sometimes seems too long, two weeks, three weeks, but for certain things, that's how long it takes to break through. Um, so be patient, uh, be consistent, and just be honest. I love this advice. I love all of it. Thanks so much for, for your time today. I appreciate you as always. It's been too long since we caught up here and, and a proper catch up in person is definitely needed ASAP. Yeah, I mean, hopefully soon post everything, I guess, but always glad to be here. Always appreciate you working out. Always so happy to see the continued development of Hurdle. I remember when you were just first talking about the idea and it's just continued to grow and you're, and you're putting really good work out there, which is important and just continuing to work on yourself and, and, and your overall health and wellness. So 
just keep it up. Joe, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along? Where do they find your masterclass? Give me all of the details. Yeah, facts. Um, hurdlers, you can keep up with me on Instagram at Ocho System or on Twitter at Joe Holder, following with an underscore. Also on Clubhouse, if you're out there at Joe Holder, I'm uh, going to be hosting some chats on there. And then with the masterclass, just masterclass.com backslash Joe Holder. But if anybody knows masterclass, you'll probably be hit with a very beautiful targeted ad. So uh, thank you again for the time. Of course, I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.